All right, good evening. Good evening, Liberty. Hello, Facebook family and Sermon Audio and all of you folks out there in the world that I don't understand, but I know that some of you are watching and we're so glad that you are. God bless you for being here. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. We'll begin with page 264. Page 264 in that small hymnal. I feel like traveling on. My heavenly home is bright and fair. I feel like traveling on. Nor pain nor death can enter there. I feel like traveling on. Oh yes, I feel like traveling on. I feel like traveling on. My heavenly home is bright and fair. I feel like traveling on. It's glittering towers of like traveling on that heavenly mansion shall be mine I feel like traveling on oh yes I feel like traveling on I feel like traveling on my heavenly home is bright and fair I feel like traveling on travel on. I mean, you know, I'm not going to do anything to make it happen, but when it happens, it'll be good. Thank you, Lord, for preparing for us a place. You know, out there on the table, there's these uh, printouts Brother Phil made last Sunday, and it says, God's will to heal, and it lists 101 things that God said about healing. You know, I know that we all tackle a lot of things and our bodies and stuff tell us a lot. But any good soldier will be trained in how to use his weapon. And our weapon is the Word of God. And the Word of God should be the first thing that we speak in the time of trials and tribulations when we need something. We may not have any outer evidence that anything's taken place. But the Spirit of God and the Word of God are words that we can live with. 
and words that will give us life. Father, we come to you tonight, Father. And we thank you for the opportunity as a people here together, together in your house and to worship you and to hear your word, Father God. I know this tragic thing that happened in Texas, Lord. We pray for the victims, families down there, Father God. There's no way we could ever begin to understand the things that they're experiencing. And we don't understand the evil that was behind this act this young man took. But Father, we know that You are a God of mercy and grace. Father, we know that You will be there in the form of the Spirit of Almighty God to comfort, to try to bring peace in this chaos to those who are absolutely distraught and confused today. Father, we lift up Pastor Phil Thompson to you. You be with him. Strengthen him. Touch him. Father, that this night that he's taken will give him an opportunity for rest and recuperation, Father. And we thank you for that. Father, we receive your word tonight that will be spoken. We thank you for the Spirit of God that will touch Brother Manning as he steps up here in his pulpit and begins to speak your word and expound on the things that you have for your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Can you hear now, Brother Don? Can you hear me? Can you all hear? Okay, very good, very good. Again, it's so good to see all of you here tonight. God bless you. And as been mentioned, just remember our pastor. Uh, he's not feeling the best today, and we just trust that God would lift him up. Um, and uh, Brother Paul, he needs a break every once in a while, so he's taking a break tonight. And just pray that God restores him and lifts him up. He is such a gift to this church, and we're so thankful for him. And I'm praying for y'all because you've got to listen to me do the music. <laughs> Oh, but again, we're so glad to see all of you here tonight. God bless you. Uh, I'd like to recognize any guests. If we have any, don't see any guests or visitors. All right. Um, well, uh, got out on this uh, wonderfully rainy day, and I know the sun's going to shine again someday. God knows what we need, and He provides, doesn't He? He provides. Um, I don't know. We've we've heard uh, we've heard a lot of questions the last. Uh, couple of days, and uh, we really have a lot of questions in our lives, don't we? Humanity, humanity's always had questions, and it seems like the harder man tries to answer it within man's wisdom and with man's abilities, the more confusing man gets. It's just, that's just how it is. Anything outside the Word of God, anything outside the Word of God uh, does, uh, does us no good. So I, I know this, I'm like all of you this week over lunch, uh, someone was asking me, Jimmy, why? Why does these, do these things happen? And all I could say was, you know what? We live in a broken world. We're told that. And God's going to make everything right one of these days. Until then, we trust in His mercy and His grace. Page 95, the old rugged cross. We'll probably do the first couple of verses, then the chorus, then the last. On a hill far away Stood an old rugged cross emblem of suffering and shame and I love that old cross
cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. Second verse. Oh, that old rugged cross so despised by the world has a wondrous attraction for me. For the dear Lamb of God left His glory above to bear it to dark Calvary. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay cross stained with blood so divine a wondrous beauty I see for it was on that old cross Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me fourth verse to the old rugged cross I will ever be true its shame and reproach gladly bear then he'll call me someday oh to my home far away where his glory forever I'll share so cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a singing, beautiful worship. Let's sing this song without him. Without him, I could do nothing. Without him, I could do nothing. Without him, I'd surely without a sail Jesus oh Jesus do you know him today you can turn him away oh Jesus oh Jesus with Without Him, how lost I would be. 
without Him I would be dying. Without Him I'd be enslaved. Without Him life would be hopeless. But with Jesus, thank God I'm saved. Oh, we praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus, oh Jesus, do you know Him today? You can turn Him away, oh Jesus, oh Jesus, without Him, how lost I would be. I'd like to share a song with you if I could. Most of you probably heard it. It's called I Can't Even Walk Without You Holding My Hand. I thought number one would always be me. I thought I would be what I wanted to be. I thought I could build on life's sinking sand But I can't even walk Without you holding my hand I thought I could do A lot on my own I thought I could make it All alone I thought of myself as a mighty big man, but I can't even walk without you holding my hand. No, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. The mountain's too high. And the valley's too wide Down on my knees I've learned to stand Lord, I can't even walk Without you holding my hand I think I'll make Jesus my all and all when now when I'm in trouble on his name I'll call if I don't trust in him I'd be less than a man no I can't even walk without you holding my hand oh I can't even walk without you holding my hand. Oh, the mountains too high and the valleys too wide. Down on my knees, I've learned to stand. You 
No, I can't even walk. No, I can't even walk. You know I can't even walk without you holding my hand. Thank you, Brother Manning. Well, good evening, friends at Liberty. My son is living with me now, and I told him today when Phil called, I said, everybody else must be busy, you know. So <laughs> anyway, here we are. Can you put up John 19.30? Okay. Uh, man was uh, attending a, there was a little country church, and they had about 40 in attendance, and uh, there was a stranger that came in, sat, sat on the back row. And they were kind of droning on, and people were kind of sleepy, and finally they finished. And the chairman of the deacons got up and he said, uh, the church board will meet right after the service. So everybody got up and left except the stranger. And so the church board members were mulling around. They had some coffee and snacks they were going to have, and they kept waiting for this guy to leave. And finally, the chairman of the deacons went over and said, uh, you know, we're going to have a meeting of the church board. He said, that's why I'm staying. I've never been so bored in my whole life. <laughs> so anyway, I hope we're not bored here tonight. But uh, I'm excited about it. And uh, uh, so I don't know if we got the same, same uh, let me look, let me look, Sheila. I don't even know what I told you now. 19, 1930, John 19.30, but uh, it's not looking familiar to me for some reason. All right. I'm in King James. Oh, yeah, we're in King James. Yes, we're on the right place. You are correct. Pardon me. I'm a little out of my element here. And there's three words that's got my, me excited. I'm not going to go out here tonight and say, oh, bored to death. I hope, you know, I'm just excited about three words, and they're all in red. Can you all say them together with me? It is finished. And uh, so I'm excited about that. We'd, uh, we'd, uh, and we can go to Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. All right. And uh, so I'm excited about that. It is finished. I was studying my Bible. My son's been in and out. He's got a travel job. He goes out and helps uh, a major chain here um, when they renovate stores and supervises the renovation of it. And so he says, I'm going to live with you. I think my kids think I need to be watched. I think they're about 50 years too late. <laughs> so watch me a long time ago. But I had... I told that someone in CVS yesterday, one of the couples that come here to Liberty, and uh, they were showed up the same time I did. And the pharmacist of all people says, you know, for over 50 years, you lived with an elementary school teacher, kindergarten teacher, and I bet she snapped the whip man over you. She kept you in line. So, <laughs> so anyway, I, I haven't had a chance to get too far out of line. But uh, praise God for that. 
But, uh, oh, one more thing. Speaking of my wife, she was raised in the country outside of Kansas City, Kansas. And uh, I'm amazed what happened in our childhood. Just share this with you. I was in a little town a few miles away between Kansas City and Lawrence, about a thousand people. Us kids ran wild all over that town. Nobody ever really yelled at us much. You know, we just, if we showed up for mealtime, everything was cool, everything was great. You know, and I don't know, uh, we raised havoc all over that town. We'd crawl through the rafters in people's garages and all kinds, of, you know, today, it, people, we'd be in jail for things like that when we were eight years old. But um, anyway, Carolyn's mom would tell her and her sister, now if you get lost in the woods, follow a creek, you'll eventually come to a road or a house or something, you know, that, and you'll be found, you'll find a familiar place. So today, here's the updated version today, if you get lost in the woods today, find an armadillo and follow it, and sooner or later you'll end up in the middle of a road. Okay, there you go. Got it. Okay. If you come from Mississippi, that'd mean more to you. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 9. Boy, I tell you, uh, I didn't borrow this from a pre. I've never heard anybody preach on this, so if everything goes south tonight, I don't have a radio preacher or TV preacher to blame this on. But anyway, Hebrews chapter 9 is talking about the one sacrifice that Jesus made. Six times in Hebrews chapter 9 and 10, Jesus said, the, the scriptures say that Jesus offered himself once. He offered himself once. The word once shows up here. Tonight I'm going to read a lot of scripture and just make uh, very few comments. And we'll start in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 1. Verily, verily, the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. They had built a sanctuary in the wilderness for and uh, carried it into Jerusalem. For there was a tabernacle made, the first, um, the first wherein was the candlestick and the table and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. And after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot, which had manna and Aaron's rod that budded, and the tables of the covenant, the Ten Commandments, were in there. And over it, the cherubims of glory, overshadowing the mercy seat, of which we can not speak particularly. Now when these things were thus ordained, the priest went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the services of God, but into the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the heirs of the people. If everybody, everybody was bringing daily sacrifices uh, all, thing, all the way from birds to oxen and uh, uh, offering them for their sins, and once a year they would have a, a special time and the priest would offer uh, blood sacrifice, he would go into the Holy of Holies and offer the blood of the sacrifice for the sins of the people. Maybe they'd forgotten them, maybe they didn't realize they committed them. Anyway, everybody was okay for the next year. And the Holy Ghost was 
uh, thus signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while as the first tabernacle was yet standing, which was a figure or a picture of the time then present, of which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did this service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. All these sacrifices were not making people right with God completely. It was not satisfying their conscience. It was not satisfying God. They were offering these sacrifices, and there was just something incomplete about this, which stood only in meats and drinks and diverse washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of Reformation. Verse 11, Hebrews 9:11. But Christ, being came an high priest of good things to come, by greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. There's number one is in verse 12. He offered in, he entered in once into the holy place, offering his own blood. For it was the blood, for if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh, how much more, how much more should the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works? To serve the living God. For this cause, he is the uh, mediator of the New Covenant, New Testament, I'm sorry, New Covenant, New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, which were called, might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. I have a will written, <laughs> and I have two, two little pieces of property out here in the country. I'm living on one of them and have the lot next door. It's in a subdivision. And uh, so those are arranged on TOD, to one son and to the other son. And that's called transfer on death. So they can't... They can't sell it out from under me because I have to die before that's any good. Okay. <laughs> so I uh, got them over the barrel. Okay. But anyway, transfer on death. So uh, verse 17 of chapter 9 of Hebrews. For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every, um, every precept in all the people according to the law and took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wood and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled the blood, both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the sanctuary, or the ministry, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. There's no payment of sin. Leviticus 17.11 says, 
the life is in the blood, eternal life is in the blood of Jesus Christ. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. So they were bringing animals and shedding their blood. They usually, when they finally built the uh, temple in Jerusalem, they actually had a drainage system. There were so many animals sacrificed so much blood, they had a drainage system to, to lead off the blood. For Christ is not entered into the holy places um, made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for uh, sin. Look at um, look at John twenty, John twenty uh, seventeen. Sheila's going to put that up. She's probably ahead of me. John twenty seventeen. Jesus saith unto her, the uh, thereafter he rose from the dead. Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father, which go to my brethren. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and to your Father, and to my God and your blood, your God. Jesus had not ascended with his blood to the heavenly places and went into the temple of in heaven, the real temple, and presented his blood. And so he, he couldn't be touched. That could not be uh, violated. And uh, so he was on his way. Later he came back to earth and appeared to his disciples and he said, um, do you have anything to eat? And they gave him honeycomb and, and um, something else, I forgot. Meat. He said, do you have any meat? And uh, fish, honeycomb and fish. Goodness, I have an Asian uh, daughter-in-law. I should have remembered that. Okay. And... Uh, and he told them to touch him and feel him and see the nail prints in his hands and the, the wound in his side. But right then he was on his way to present the blood in the, in the uh, true temple in heaven. And so all things are cleansed by blood. Now, verse uh, 25, Hebrews 9.25. I got my eyes operated on a, about a year ago and I got the intermediate to long range lenses I had cataract lenses and I should have brought some reading glasses and that's why I'm having trouble here if I had a really good light I'd be in good shape here so just bear with me um, Hebrews 9:25 nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entered into the holy place every year with blood of others for then he must have often suffered since the foundation of the world, but now, once, in the end of the world, um, hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. That is the second time it says once. Once. Jesus doesn't, just like the high priest would go in once a year, every year, they would go in, but every day they would go in. Sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice. And uh, it started in the Garden of Eden. God offered a sacrifice of an animal and made coats for Adam and Eve after they had um, committed sin. And suddenly they said, uh, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They ate and they got more than they wanted. 
<laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, he went. They would go in time and time again. It, this is all a picture. All these sacrifices are all a picture leading up to Jesus Christ offering Himself once on the cross in our place. And it is as it is appointed unto man once to die, and then the judgment. Um, and then after this, the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and to them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. He'll appear the second time without sin unto salvation, as appointed unto man once to die. But then the judgment. For the law, verse uh, chapter 10 of Hebrews, for the law having a shadow of good things, to come and not the very image of these things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year after year continually make the comers perfect. For then would they not have off, uh, ceased to be offered? If there was an offering that was a perfect offering before Jesus came, the whole uh, sacrificial system would have just halted. They said, okay, it's done, but it wasn't done. And uh, it was all pointing toward Jesus as the perfect sacrifice. For then would they not have ceased to be offered, because that the worshippers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. But in these sacrifices there is remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. It's a picture. It's a picture of the real thing to come. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure then said I lo I come in the volume of the book it is written of me to do thy will O God above above when he said sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin thou wouldest not neither hadst pleasure therein which are offered by the law so by the law we're not going to get we're not going to get the sacrifice and the payment for sin we need. Uh, the, big, the big struggle is in the human realm and human thinking is, if I do enough good things, I'll be all right. And, uh, but there has to be a, a sacrifice. Pastor came out in, uh, in Kansas City, Kansas years ago and uh, talked to a school teacher, thought he knew a lot thought he was on top of the world as me <laughs> and uh, they went out on Thursday night and following up on visitors cards I'd been listening to him on the radio and finally went down to his church and uh, he and his wife came out on Thursday night and he said do you think if you die tonight you'd go to heaven I said well you know it's like a big balance if uh, if the good outweighs the bad you know you'd be okay I said I guess we never can know and and uh, later I reflected on this and his, he and his wife exchanged glances to each other like, this is a hopeless case. <laughs> and uh, so uh, about six months later, you know, after studying Scripture and being under the Word of God, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. I had to hear the Word of God preached. And I was going several times a week to the church. Every time the doors opened, I was there. And uh, so received the, received the gift of salvation. But uh, of the verse six, 
10 and verse 6. In burnt offerings and sacrifices of sin thou hast had no pleasure. Let's go down to verse 8. Above, when he said, Sacrifice and offering, burnt offering, and offering for sin thou wouldest not, neither hadst pleasure therein which are offered by the law. Then said, verse uh, 9, then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, the word covenant could be put in there, or testament, that he may establish the second. The first testament, the first covenant God made with Israel was the law. Ten commandments, basically. And he said, I take that away to establish the second. The law of grace, the law of gift of salvation by belief in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. There's the fourth time he said once. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, more and more animals, which can never take away sins. But this man, Jesus Christ, after he had entered offered one sacrifice for sins forever, set down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Once we receive the gift of salvation by the one offering of Jesus Christ, we are sanctified, we're set apart as children of God forever and ever. We get eternal life. We're up, verse 15. Hebrews 10:15, whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness for us, for after that he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after these days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. That's Jeremiah 31, 33. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now, where remission of sin is, there's no more offering for sin. We don't have to keep giving the sacrifices. You know, I think uh, we know the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 A.D. That was about 40 years after Jesus was crucified. And I think God took away that temple just to make sure the Jewish people and everyone else, for that matter, the Gentiles also, knew you don't have to make the sacrifices anymore. Sacrifice is made. It's done. So uh, that's wonderful. Uh, verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us, through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. Jesus through his flesh took the veil down between us and the presence of God in the uh, Holy of Holies. When Jesus died, there was a great earthquake. The veil was ripped from top to bottom. They said that veil was so thick that people in the Middle Ages that studied this said a certain number of elephants on both sides couldn't pull it, have pulled it apart, and it was ripped from top to bottom. God opened uh, access the presence to God himself by ripping and tearing that veil. And it came through the one sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Look at Hebrews 10, 38. We just jumped down there. Now, the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. 
but we are, um, pardon me, but we are not of them who draw back into perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Do we believe that when Jesus died, he paid for our sins once and for all? Yes, we do. If we believe that, we have eternal life. The just shall live by faith. You can look this up in, um, oh, they're right here in my Bible. Um, Habakkuk 2.4, the just shall live by faith. Hebrews, uh, I'm sorry, Romans 1.17, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Um, Galatians 2.16 and Galatians 3.11, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Look at um, look at um, uh, Gal- uh, Galatians five one. Can we put that up, Sheila? Boy, she's quick, isn't she? <laughs> Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith in Christ is made us free. Be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. You know what Job? Even Job said way back. In, boy, that's ancient now. Job, there's a guy that's ancient. My granddaughter thinks I'm ancient. I'm not even close to ancient. Okay. <laughs> now, Job, there's another situation. He, he used the term daysman. He said, oh, that we had a daysman to uh, put a hand on man and a hand on God, bring us together. <laughs> and uh, so, through the cry of the heart, human heart, clear from the days of Job, God answered our cry. He said, here I am. I am the daysman. I put one hand on man. Jesus Jesus came as a man so he could put a hand on man. But he was God in the flesh. He put a hand on God. And he brought us together. Praise God. So uh, in Galatians 5, 1, he says, uh, don't be entangled with all this trying to work your way to God. God's already done it. Jesus did it. He paid the price. The... Uh, uh, Price is paid, and praise God, we're free. We're free from that. We don't have to worry about that anymore. Uh, is it hard to get? Is it hard to get saved? John one twelve says, "Let's put up John one twelve. It's, it's like somebody tipped her off. She's quick, I tell you. But as many as received him, to get him, them gave he power to become the sons of God, even them that believe what he Isn't that terrific? All we have to do is receive the gift. You know, I think about Christmas time. And uh, you walk in, I walk in my kids' house now, houses now. And when they were all growing up, I mean, there'd be gifts under the tree. But you know what? The fact is, they didn't have to receive those gifts. They could have set those aside and never even opened them. Wouldn't have done them a bit of good. And Jesus gave us the gift of salvation. All we have to do is open our hearts and receive it. Receive it. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's all that we have to do. Praise God. We don't have to work and sweat and worry and, and, uh, about doing all these good works to get God's approval. We are saved. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10 says we are saved by grace. And verse 10 says, unto good works, unto good works. We're not saved by good works. We're saved unto good works, Ephesians 2.10. And so God gives us the power through the Spirit to, to do the good works. And all we have to do is receive Jesus. Jesus paid the price for our sins. Uh, uh, saying, I'm going to go off script here a minute. 
Second Corinthians five uh, seventeen says he became sin for us who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him. <laughs> Isn't that terrific? And uh, I can't get over it. You people that are on uh, Facebook and the sermon audio, I've been there many times watching on, you know, if you haven't given your hearts to Christ, do it tonight. Invite him into your hearts. I did that 50 years ago, and he never, ever let me down. Always with me. And uh, so you can have God with you, and... uh, and he will walk with you. He will be with you forever. You become his child. He never kicks his children out of his family. Uh, John one twelve says, "For as many as received him, to gave him to them gave he power to become the sons of God, children of God. We get into God's family by receiving him. So, uh, have you received Christ in your life? Uh, please do that tonight. Please do that tonight. Uh, if anyone needs prayer after the invitation." You can come down, maybe Tom will come down, and uh, some others and can pray with you. And uh, Jimmy, you come on and uh, do our closing hymn. Thank you very much. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain he washed it white as snow let's sing the chorus again jesus paid it all all to him i owe sin had left a crimson stain he washed it white as snow thank you brother manning thank you so much you're dismissed.